Boomer Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, it's Gunnar Esiason. We are back for another CF Awareness Month episode, as always, joined by Tiffany. Tiffany, how are you? I'm good, and I'm 30. Yes, you are 30 years old. <laughs> Tiffany has achieved another milestone on the podcast. I she have. is uh, in the third decade now. Uh-huh. Um, actually, is, is, it, it. is it actually really, it is, is actually, is, your, is it your four, the beginning of the fourth decade? I guess depending on where you start. I guess. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yes, you're 30 now. Uh, you're, yeah. you're closer to 60 than you are to uh, your birth. How does that feel? Oh, oh. Well, actually, it's kind of exciting because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with CF, I feel like getting older is awesome. Yes. You know so, what I mean? So, uh, you are officially now uh, an old person. I know. Um, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. You're feeling After you're my, feeling my old weekend, now? I went to Disneyland and I'm sore. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who turns thirty and goes to Disneyland to celebrate the birthday. I love it. Yeah. Um so yes, Tiffany closer to sixty than than birth now. So uh we'll we'll, we'll be ginger with some of uh the podcast. Uh as you as you're now in your old age and we get to slow things down. Oh, um, so I, I totally understand, but happy birthday. Uh, and if you have not yet wished uh, Tiffany a happy birthday, make sure you do. Um, so she can feel that birthday love for, uh, as long as possible. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so we have another couple, uh, really cool interviews today. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiffany, uh, who did you talk to? I talked to Tyler Smith. He's 23 and has cystic fibrosis and actually had a double lung transplant almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. And we talked about his love story and yeah so i hope you guys really enjoy it as much as i did he's an awesome person all right cool let's uh we'll throw to the interview with uh, tiffany and tyler hey guys it's tiffany and i am with my special guest tyler smith who is 23 from the baltimore maryland area and he has cystic fibrosis and had a double lung transplant not too long ago hi tyler how are you doing i'm good tiff how are you I'm great, and I'm so excited you're on today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, thanks for coming on. And so let's just get into it. So you have cystic fibrosis, so tell us about your life and just how it is to be Tyler. Um, So I was diagnosed with CF at six weeks old. Um, I have your normal Delta 508, and I also have one of your nonsense genes, which is the N1303K. And... I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, my parents were very open. They didn't try to shelter me from anything. They just said, you know, we don't know how long you have to live. And nobody really knows how long they have to live. Mm-hmm. And we just want you to experience everything that you can while you're still here. So my parents, they they didn't shelter me from, you know, sick kids because CF wasn't as far advanced into the um 
to protecting you as much as back then. And I mean, I went out, I played baseball, I got dirty. <laughs> I had a lot of friends that I've made through the sports. I played golf. Um, and CF never really held me back. It was something that, you know, I knew I, I had it and I didn't let it stop me from doing anything. I played baseball all my life, um, played golf all through high school. In my senior year, I was all county first team for um, Baltimore County in the state of Maryland. Wow. And then in my junior year, I won, uh, I came seventh in the county out of 150 golfers in the state of Maryland. Wow. Um, for, for golf my junior year. So it was, sports were always a big part of my life. And I feel like that's kind of what kept me going, what kind of drove me to, to succeed and stay on top of my health. Yeah, totally. That I think that is a pattern with a lot of us cystic fibrosis patients because with me, I always was in soccer and stuff. And I always say that sport helped me so much through my childhood. And like you, baseball and golf, those are, those are very um, active sports. So I'm sure that helped you with CPT and just keeping those lungs super healthy and everything. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, there was days I would come home after baseball games and my body would just be so fatigued and my lungs would hurt, but I enjoyed what I did. I had a great time doing it and it also helped me get out a lot of the sticky mucus that had built up. Um, and it, it really kept me, I think, healthy for most of my life. Yeah, and apparently you're very talented <laughs> to be that good. And I'm so glad that you didn't let CF hold you back and your parents were very adamant about that too and mm -hmm. helped you through that. That's very awesome. So do you have any siblings? Um, I do. I have my brother Chase mm -hmm. um, and he is 28 mm -hmm. um, and he has CF as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we both have the same gene. We have the N13033K mm -hmm. and the Delta 508. Oh, wow. So you guys both have the same genes and mm -hmm. wow, that's, that's pretty cool to know that you guys both have the similar genes and stuff, which makes sense because of your parents, but right. it's um, pretty cool that you have someone that you could look up to since he's older and mm -hmm. through your life. How was that? Um, it was pretty good. Like I said, we, him and I were both very active people. Um, we played baseball, we played golf and we played soccer for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was always, you know, as siblings are, we're competitive and <laughs> I would see him do him, he, see him do something. And I said, I, I got to top that. <laughs> so in, in his senior year, he got all County first team or all County second team for first base. Oh. So when I came to my senior year, I got all county first team. So I always hold that over his head a little bit. Um, but it's it's all fun and games for us, though. Oh, that's yeah, that's funny. I, I like that. It's sibling rivalry at its mm -hmm. finest. Most <laughs> but that's great that you guys are both so active, and with your CF, that's great. Mm -hmm. So what happened after after high school? Did you go to college? Um, I did. I went to CCBC Community College, okay. which is a uh, community college of Baltimore County, mm -hmm. um, just outside of Baltimore. And I played baseball for the fall season. Um, and then after the fall season, I didn't make the final cut. Um, but I didn't let that stop me. You know, I, I still enjoyed the game. I played all through the summer and mm -hmm. through travel teams. Um, but I think that after my freshman year, I think after I didn't play college ball, I think that really is what 
kind of started my decline okay. of my health. Mm-hmm. Um, because my entire life, it was through fall, summer, and spring, I was playing baseball, mm-hmm. you know, four or five days out of the week. Mm-hmm. And now once I had this big gap, I wasn't playing as much. Um, so things just kind of, I guess, lapsed and I didn't stay on top of it as as much as I should have um, with my exercise routines. Yeah. Well, I understand that because when your cystic fibrosis starts to, you kind of start seeing it, it's harder to go and do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and you get more sick all the time. And yeah, it's just, it kind of puts a damper sometimes on you, but then you just have to remember it's not going to roll me. So I'm going to go do my stuff. So that's cool that you were able to do your travel teams and do all of that. And I hear you got an award. Um, I did. When I was in my um, my senior year as well of high school, I got um, the Haley Milborn Integrity Award from the Baltimore Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what that award is, they you'd, you have to be nominated, nominated by either your coach or a coach within the county. And um, basically what it is, is you display integrity, fairness, and, you know, you treat the game the way it should be. Um, so this, the kind of short story behind it is the girl who um, is the award is named after, she was in a tournament for golf, and she had hit the wrong ball, uh-huh. but nobody noticed it. <laughs> and it came all the way down to the end of the, the tournament, and she was at the top. And she said, you know what, I made a mistake. I'm disqualifying myself. Wow. And she could have got away with it. She could have came in the top five. Um, but she she just felt that, you know, I need to do the right thing. I need to treat the game the way it should be treated. Totally. Wow, that's that's admirable of her. Yeah, wow. most definitely. Well, it says something about you, too, to get that. <laughs> because apparently you're just an amazing person, which I know. <laughs> but everybody mm-hmm. else listening, he is an awesome person. So let's talk about your double lung transplant. I know you recently had it. Mm -hmm. It's not too long ago. Uh, We're almost at a year, actually. Wow. It doesn't feel like it, but we're we're almost at a year. Wow. Um, So back in April, May of 2018, Uh um, my PFT started to decline, and it had been a downward trend for about six months before that. And between me and my doctor, we had in my care team, we had just tried to battle back and forth and think outside the box of what we could do. Mm-hmm. And it just got to the point where nothing was working. Mm-hmm. Um, my body was, you know, the IVs had run their course and there was not much else we could do. Um, so we sat down um, at the end of April. We talked with my doctor, um, our uh, social worker there, mm-hmm. and then it was my parents and at the time, my fiance Darby, um, and I, like I said, I had, I had noticed the decline in my health, and I felt that it, that that talk was coming soon. Yeah. And little did I know, you know, I thought that hey, you know, my PFTs are in the 30s, the low 30s. I can, I can hold out for yeah. a little bit. And our plan was originally to get married, okay. um, and then to list, you know, a week or two after our wedding. Mm-hmm. Well, our wedding was originally supposed to be September 8th mm-hmm. and due to the, you know, the complications of everything and, you know, having to, to, you know, plan a wedding and then have to deal with this. My doctor told me, she said, you know, I don't think you're going to make it to September 8th oh, without wow. new lungs. Yeah. 
So she said to either, you know, move the wedding up or put the wedding off. And I was like, well, I've waited four years already. We're not putting this up. So we decided to move it up to June 24th. Um, So we planned a a whole new wedding within a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, at the end of May, we really got into it. You know, my, I had to stop working completely. I was on um, eight liters of oxygen and I was even getting tired from walking from my bedroom to the kitchen just to get something to eat. And it was, it was very bad. Um, on June 16th was our bridal shower and, you know, I felt so bad from taking so much from away from my soon to be wife, you know, having to, you know, change plans multiple times now. Um, and I just wanted that day to be special for her and for, for myself as well. For sure. But I woke up and I did not feel good at all. I felt like Ugh. this, this is, I need IVs for sure. Yeah. So I toughed it out through the, through the, uh, the shower. And then afterwards I told her, I was like, look, I said, we need to go to Hopkins. I need to get checked out. I said, something's not right. Right. Um, so immediately went down there. Um, I was admitted. And my doctor's like, you know, don't worry, we'll have you out by by the weekend so you can get married next weekend on the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll have a pick line and you'll you'll be on, on oxygen, but we'll get you taken care of. Right. Well, a couple days went by and things weren't looking any better. Uh, my blood gases were continuously rising. Ugh. And I, just, I was on BiPAP and oxygen 24-7. Um, I wasn't eating. So we decided that I wasn't getting out of the hospital until, you know, I got new lungs. Yeah. So instead of, you know, listing after the wedding, like we had originally planned, uh, we listed on June 20th. Okay. Um, when I listed my LAS score, which is your lung allocation score, was a 45. Okay. Um, which puts me right about the middle of the pack. Right. Um, overnight, my number jumped to 96. Oh, my. Which put me at the top oh. of the list. Oh my gosh. So like, that's insane. Yeah, it was and everything happened so quick. Yeah. I there's the past the couple days leading up to my transplant, I don't remember too much just because I was so out of it. Yeah. Um but this is where, you know, your stories of of transplant are so different from person to person Definitely. where you waited a long time for your lungs. Yeah. I listed on the 20th and I got my lungs on the 22nd. <laughs> oh so my gosh. It was, it was, it was quite a shock to get them that quick. Yeah. Um, because you know, my doctor telling me, look, you're not going to make it out for your wedding on the 24th. Mm-hmm. We had decided to try and do a, you know, a bedside ceremony, mm-hmm. um, on the 23rd. Okay. We had it all planned out and, I just like, you know, I don't, before I go into the surgery, before anything happens, I just want to marry my best friend. That's all I wanted. Yes. Um, and it came to the point where they're like, you know, if lungs come before the 23rd, are you good to go? And I was like, a wedding can wait for new lungs. Yeah, that's for sure. For sure. Um, so I was lucky enough to get, uh, my transplant on the June 22nd of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already in the hospital. So when they got they came in around 2 a.m. and they were like, Mr. Smith, we've got some good news for you. You might want to wake up for this. <laughs> and they were like, we have lungs for you. And wow. all I can remember was just saying, where's the paperwork? I need to sign the paperwork. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And like after I signed the pa- paperwork and, you know, talked to him and everything, he's like, all right, you can go back to sleep for now. It's going to oh. be a, it's going to be a, way, a while before you get, get into surgery. Yeah. 
but I just remember sitting there in shock. I'm like, you know, what do I do now? I, yeah. I can't go to sleep now. Ugh. I was like, do I call my parents? Do they call yeah. my parents? Do I call my fiance? Yeah. Um, so it was a, a big, uh, a big shock and a big relief. Um, but still at the time, very scary because you don't know the outcome. Exactly. Um, once you start. Uh-huh. Um, but I went into surgery or I went in to get prepped around 7 a.m. Okay. And surgery didn't start till around 9 a.m. Okay. And then it was about an eight hour surgery. Yeah. So cool. it, it all worked out. In, yeah, apparently. In good... <laughs> yeah. Well, you're here and I know you did get married, mm-hmm. which is so exciting. I'm, I got the chills when you tell that story because <laughs> it's just like, you just want, you think of, you think of Darby right? You just, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I just want her to have this. And for me too, but you think of others, which I think we all do, especially when we go to get a double lung transplant. We just, we want to live for them too. And you, your love story is just so amazing. It just gives me the chills. So (laughs) let's talk about you getting married. So when did you actually get married and how is your recovery from transplant and everything? Um, so my recovery actually went really well. Um, I was out a week to the date after my, my transplant. Wow. So I was out in seven days. <laughs> wow. See, that's amazing. I hear all these people. Some people have like a week after and then some people are like me that are like a month. And then right. some people are a few months and stuff. And it's so, it, like you said, it always depends on the person and it depends on the transplant and everything. And there's always going to be some complications. It doesn't, we don't know what they're going to be, but we always just hope for the best and just keep going. And I'm so happy you got out in seven days because that's, that's, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. Okay. So when you got home, what happened? Like, what were you doing? Like, what, what was the, what was your routine? Um, well, I mean, my parents, before they came home, her, my parents, Darby's parents, Darby and my brother and his girlfriend mm-hmm. all came over to do a deep clean of the house. They, oh, good. You know, they cleaned everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, made sure it was, it was comfortable for me to come home. Mm-hmm. And I came home and it was, it's like I never left. You know, awesome. my, my dog was excited to see me. Um, you know, they had to keep her on a leash cause she got a little hyper. Yeah. Um, you don't want to, I was still very sore. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, within within a month, I was off of my painkillers. I was off of tramadol and Great. oxycodone. Great. Um, I was just taking normal normal Tylenol for okay. your occasional pain. And I'd say within two months, I was pretty much pain-free. Oh, amazing. Um, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I, I love that. It makes <laughs> me just so happy. I can't stop smiling. Uh, if you guys would, would see me, I'm just smiling. <laughs> okay, so... Then when did you guys get married? Um, so our married, we got married on October twentieth of two thousand eighteen. Yay! Um, and it was it was probably the most emotional wedding I've ever Aww. been to. Um, I, I had always told her, I said, you know, when I turn around and I see you, I know I'm going to immediately cry, yeah. and it, it happened immediately. <laughs> um, and then I was all big and tough with the pastor. I'm like, you know. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say my vows first and I'm not going to cry. It's going to be her that cries. And oh. I was a puddle of tears. Um, but it was, it was a very magical and, and 
thankful day. Yeah. Um, thankful for my donor, thankful yeah. to still be here to marry my best friend. Right. And um, thankful just for all the family and friends that, that came and, and, you know, pushed everything together and made these last minute changes and, yes. and just made it a, a perfect day for Darby and I. Yeah. Well, it was a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> and very well worth the wait, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you breathing and being able to just enjoy it. Because yes, I know, because I know when I'm, when I was waiting for transplant, you know, for almost three years, but <laughs> I was like, I would go to weddings and I remember one wedding, I just couldn't do anything. And it was the worst time of my life. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big dancer and I couldn't even go do the Cupid shuffle. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know. So being you being able to go enjoy your wedding because of your donor and your transplant team and CF team and surgeons and everything is just so amazing. And I'm yeah. so happy for you guys. <laughs> and, you know. and that's that's one thing I do want to give a huge shout out to yeah. is my CF team because yes. a lot of the times, you know, after you have your transplant, you don't usually see your CF team anymore. You're taken over just by your transplant team. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I've talked to doctors and they're like, you know, we kind of get left out after your transplant. They're like, yeah, but the way I put it is I lived 23 years with the lungs I had. You guys got me there. The transplant team is just taking on from here and we're just building a bigger family. Agreed. Yeah, I'm the same way. I even go visit my CF team. Mm-hmm. all the time they sometimes want to see me so I'm like okay I'll yeah. come <laughs> That's, I do I do it too yeah oh, I had I had an ENT appointment um a couple weeks ago and right. I went to I just went upstairs and went and saw them and they were so happy <laughs> <laughs> they're like we don't get to see you anymore just like yours and you know the, it's you're totally right they got you to that point and they kept mm-hmm. you alive and that's really um what made you who you are and got you to this point. So shout out to all the CF teams out there. (laughs) So I'm going to give you the last word. Do you have uh, anything you want to say, any advice to people going through transplant or anything? Maybe people that want to get married and they need transplant lungs, something like that. Um, Yeah. um, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just rely on your family and friends around you. Um, I was always always one of those people, and I still am at times that, you know, I feel like I need to do everything. I need to be in control of my health. I need to do everything for myself. But you need to you need to lean on the family, your friends, your doctors, because you, it's transplant, as you know, is not it's not a solo fight. It's everyone around you. Yeah. And, you know, my biggest thing that was my saving grace um, was when I got into the 30s and something that I've talked with my CF team and we we all want to change for the CF community is once you start to get, you know, lower PFTs, get your work up done early. Yes. Um, because not saying you need it absolutely right now and then, but it's a card you have in your back pocket you can play whenever you need it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is just to rely on family and friends and, mm-hmm. and for me and relying on God and, and, leaning on him when I needed him most. And that's what really got me through. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's very um, awesome to hear it. And I'm sure everybody loved listening to it. So thanks, Tyler, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Okay. All right. A big thanks to Tyler for doing that interview. Uh, That is quite the story. 
Um, yes. It's also gave me goosebumps. Yeah, definitely, That's definitely a little bit sure. of a, definitely a little bit of a tearjerker. Uh, also, mm-hmm. my favorite uh, part of the interview was Tiffany, your part, where yeah. uh, where you actually <laughs> asked him uh, if uh, <laughs> if he had the same uh, same genetic uh, code as as his sister, brother, as his brother. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> You know, little blonde moments there, but yes, <laughs> it yes, happens. Yes, um, it, hap- it happens to the best of us, just like it happened to me right there. Um, all right, so our next interview, uh, I spoke with Chase Nichols. Chase comes to us uh, from Denver. We talk a little bit about how he copes with cystic fibrosis. Uh, we also talk a little bit about uh, medicinal marijuana use because it's legal mm-hmm. in Denver uh, in Colorado. It's also legal in uh, a lot, quite a few states. Um, so uh, that's something I think a, a lot more people are going to be talking about uh, as it becomes uh, a legalized uh, substance and uh, seems to be having a lot of success uh, doing his uh, you know living his way out there. So uh, yes. let's throw it to Chase here and uh, hope you enjoy the interview. All right, we're here with Chase Nichols. He's 28 years old, living with cystic fibrosis, coming to us from Denver, Colorado. Chase, how are you, bud? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you? I am well. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, so today we're going to we're going to talk about uh, coping with cystic fibrosis uh, using some of the different ways that people use to cope with CF. Um, you're a pretty vocal guy. Uh, you've got a pretty active Instagram page where you love to share about your life with cystic fibrosis and really dive into the uh, the nuts and bolts of it. So I think we'll get there. But uh, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, again, my name's Chase Nichols. Uh, I'm kind of a nomad, so I'm from all <laughs> over the place. Uh, you know, all my family's in Texas. Um, moved to Georgia in the eighth grade, and all my most influential years were spent there. Um, as a matter of fact, the person I'm living with in Colorado, I met in Georgia and went to middle school with them. Um, it's amazing how things like that work out. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I love it here in Denver. Um, the hospital is amazing. Uh, number one CS center in the country uh-huh. right now, as a matter of fact. Um, so yeah, it's been awesome. Great so experience. So I, I, I got to ask you, you know, living in Denver, you know, some people might be concerned about the altitude out there. Uh, right. was, was that a concern for you? You know, it sounds like you're doing pretty well despite it. You know, I, since I grew up in the South, um, you know, I, the humidity there is horrible. You know, and I never realized just how bad it is until I go back there and I'm in the hospital nonstop. Mm. Um, You know, the altitude was a little nerve wracking at first, but the experience I had, you know, at the hospital was just such a healing environment. And uh, like I said, man, that humidity was (laughs) rough. So it's it's definitely a nice change for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Like the humidity for me is like my kryptonite. Like, like the months of Absolutely. like July and August here in New York is just like you feel like you're just melting on the inside. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, and it just it, Absolutely. I, I I feel you on that. The humidity is is certainly pretty tough for me. I'm I'm actually a winter guy, so I prefer the cold uh-huh. months. Prefer the colder months, but uh, uh, which sounds like you get quite a bit of that in Colorado. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, uh, pretty. Uh... D- Definitely, uh, definitely prefer that. So, um, what do you do to cope with the ups and downs of your life with cystic fibrosis? I mean, it seems like between you know expressing yourself with uh, through tattoos or doing some CF awareness on your social media, and then of course you know you also identify a number of inspirational quotes as well. Um, right. You know, can you talk a little bit about your coping strategies and um, and and why you use them and why you think they work for you? Uh, you know, man, I I spend so much time in the hospital that you kind of have to find ways 
to, I guess, stay out of your head more uh-huh. than anything. So mm-hmm. um, I find absolutely anything to do that from art to uh, photography, podcast, reading, anything to uh, focus on the mental health aspect of uh-huh. the CF. Um, is, you know, it's, it's, do they go hand in hand? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I learned that a long, long time ago, and I'm very lucky to be able to think the way I do uh, so optimistically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, so, was there was there a specific moment that led you to to kind of like feel feel that way? You know, I've had a lot of aha moments. Uh-huh. Um, what do, What do you mean but, by that? You know, um, you know, it kind of usually started when it first started. Uh, it actually started with a book that I read um, by Alan Cohen. It's called "Why Your Life Sucks and What You Can Do About It." <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, man, it was. Uh, I've got several self-help books from that point and it's been a game changer really mm-hmm. you know once once you learn to uh actually think differently mm-hmm. it becomes that much easier um mm-hmm. you know it's not something that happens overnight it's a slow process but uh you know if it's what you want then it's up to you to do it mm-hmm. you know it's, it's all up in it's all up in your mind man for sure you know, I think, uh, especially for, you know, folks who are our age with cystic fibrosis, you know, like the, the right. mental health aspect of it was overlooked for for so long. Uh, you, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, just nowadays, you know, we're, people, you know, the care providers and especially cystic fibrosis foundation, everyone kind of involved is starting to finally see mental health as a symptom of CF, just like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the respiratory side of the illness or even the GI side of the illness. So I think, right. you know, I think for, you know, having that, having been overlooked for so long, definitely was detrimental for a number of people. You know, I, you know, I can think of a number of people in my life, you know, a number of my friends with CF who struggled with it for years. You know, I personally, I certainly have some ups and downs as well. I had unchecked, uncontrolled anxiety for a number of different things. So, you know, and I think really only within the last two or three years that I kind of decide that, okay, I'm going to take a, an active approach at managing my mental health, just like I manage my (laughs) respiratory and GI symptoms. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, I, I think, you know, from, from from what it sounds like, from what you're, you're just kind of talking about there, is that for you, that the concept of that kind of built up over time. Is that is that oh, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've, uh, man, um, music is also another big one um, for me. Uh, any kind of upbeat, optimistic music is super important music is life mm-hmm. um and i also try to focus on that and uh yeah that's that's pretty much so pretty i mean my main. The, i mean the, the way you're describing it, it seems like you're sort of like absorbing the adversity that that's thrown at you and then you're expressing Absolutely. it like you're you're expressing it either through uh you know through your art or through uh things you like to talk about you know wh- why why do you think that um that that's the way you are like why why do you feel the need to express things um, because I honestly, I'm on Instagram and Facebook so much and I see way too much negative, um, way too often, you know, and mm-hmm. I know that when I'm in a mentally not great place, my physical body is, you know, right up there with it. And, um, yeah, so, uh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, you know, the quotes uh, are for people to get a different perspective on on life, you know, uh-huh. and uh-huh. 
um, instead of, you know, living, you know, the five feet apart quote uh, um, that talks about how, you know, living with, I've been living my whole life for my treatment and now I want to live, you know, and when I first heard that quote, it was super impactful for me just because mm-hmm. it's something that I've said for years to anybody that knows me, really. Um, so that was a really cool experience, really. And I on that movie, uh, you know, I kind of expected to go in there and call BS on a lot of stuff. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised at how accurate a lot of it was, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Now, I, I think, you know, like there's different ways in looking at you know, some of the adversity that comes at people with CF. Like for me, um, you know, I, I use different things as quote unquote distractions is probably the best Absolutely. word for it. You know, like I, like I spend a lot of time in the gym. I play probably more Fortnite than I probably should, you know, and th- those kind <laughs> and those kinds of things, you know, serve as, you know, not only pleasant distractions, but also, uh, you know, things to, you know, refocus some of my, you know, mental energy that I'm, that I'm expending throughout Absolutely. the day. And, and I think, you know, on one aspect that also works for me, but then, you know, the other, the other, t- the other, uh, times, you know, I think, I, d- I think it is important to express, you know, how you're feeling. And, and it, right. that is, that is a challenge for a lot of people to do that. It's, you know, me included, I think, you know, expressing how you feel about certain topics, um, right. is, is both healthy and, uh, a challenge. And, and, and I wonder, you know, Chase, why do you think that's why it's healthy for you? Um, you know, for me, since I do travel so much, um, it's kind of keep everybody up to date. You know, I'm I'm such a social butterfly that <laughs> uh, that uh, you know I I can't help it really. I I just I sit in the hospital and watch people all day long. You know, with all kinds of whatever CF mm-hmm. and not CF. You know, and and so I just. I just think it's really important to show that optimistic side uh-huh. and that it can be done, you uh-huh. know, um, about four years ago. And I'm not sure if I told you this or not. Uh, my sister passed away and had CF as well. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, kind of being who I am for myself, but also for everyone else in my family and uh-huh. everyone around me, you know, and, and that's been, a huge, huge push in the right direction, which I personally wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was rough for a couple of years for sure, but I, I just knew that she would be upset with me if I wasn't continuing to be my full optimistic self. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and so uh, that's another really big for me for sure so you know i you know I, I do have a question about you know about you know having been the sibling uh you know of someone else with cystic fibrosis like yourself right. you know what what do you, what do you think that you guys taught each other about living with the illness? man i tell you what she taught me she grew up way faster than i did that's how girls usually go <laughs> um and so she was younger than me but uh you know i there's so many aspects of cs that are very different for guys and girls, and I wouldn't have known that unless I had Emily as my sister, for sure. And, you know, that's how I've been able to uh, communicate with a lot of my female CF friends because I understand whatever they're, because I, you know, I saw everything with my sister. And, um, again, very lucky that I had that perspective and point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. 
So now, you know, I want to t- I want to change the topic a little bit here. Um, this is obviously going to be a hot button topic that's kind of coming up across right. the country. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. n- now that marijuana is legal where you live, you talk about using it Absolutely. and how you used to actually complement your cystic fibrosis with edibles and things like that. Um, you, know, you know, talk to me about uh, why why you do that. Is that something that you work that you you disclose to your care providers? You know, is it something that uh, you, you see complements your uh, your care routine? Oh, it it is definitely. 100 percent been probably the biggest factor in me being 28 and still have my own lungs you know um it it's made it to where i don't have to take the xanax or the ambien or the pain meds finally which was a miracle really um and man it just completely eliminates with the mental health it is a game changer really i mm. think it's you know uh been a part of my life for a lot longer than i've been in Denver. um but you know i knew how much it was helping me so i kind of gave my doctors and everybody the bird <laughs> to be completely <laughs> frank um because i just like i said i knew how much it was mentally and physically helping me in every other aspect um so yeah it's you know now that we're in denver um, and you know, it's, we're getting closer and closer to full legalization and it's amazing. You know, it's about time. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, th- th- there's very limited research out there within right. it, without it, within cystic fibrosis as an indication. However, Correct. I think that's going to start changing simply because, um, you know, there is a, uh, an endocannabinoid moving through the pipeline right now. Uh, to address the inflammation within cystic fibrosis. And we also know, actually just recently, that um, inflammation is, in fact, part of CFTR dysfunction and it's not actually a, uh, a result of chronic infection like we had thought for so many years. So right, I think right. that you will see more and more uh, the conversation about uh, you know edible marijuana will sort of pop up all over the place. And I think it's kind of the kind of thing that uh, you know your anecdotal experiences will go a long way towards working with care providers to work with other patients about the topic. Right. Um, um, now go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So, you know, I, I, I think I want to kind of circle back to where we just were a few moments ago, okay. um, where, where how you're able to stay so upbeat. You know, I think, you know, just just by, uh, you know, seeing all the things that you're doing and, um, you know, how you are willing to just be so open about so many different things in your life. You know, what right. what would you say uh, keeps Chase Nichols so upbeat throughout his day to day life? Oh, uh, man. <laughs> people in my life you know people uh-huh. um and why is that know, being in the hospital people are so good honestly <laughs> um you know my nurses my everybody that has been in my life mm-hmm. you know has been such an amazing support mm-hmm. and you know nurses week was last week and they are such a huge factor in our upbeat positive even when we're not feeling good, they come in and make us feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's watching people do that my whole life that has pushed me in the direction of this is the way it's supposed to be, not the other way around. And I know because I know how I feel when I'm uh-huh. Uh-huh. the other way around, you know, and, and uh, that's, that's mainly what it is, is I know how crappy I feel when I'm down and depressed and I 
do everything to not be that way. Uh huh. Now, um, so I like you know. So when you say you, you do everything to not be that way, you know, what is the motivation behind that? You know, where where does that motivation come from? Oh wow, <laughs> um, my parents. To be honest, uh-huh. um, my parents are amazing. You know, I I think about all the time how in the world they did it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at such a young age, and you know. Me and my mom are two peas in a pod, and me and my dad are the philosophical side of life. And so I'm very lucky that I was raised by two incredible people. Very, so, very you know, we, do have, we do have quite a few parents who listen to the podcast. Uh, I, I wonder <clears> what, <throat> what you would say to them about uh, you know, raise, raising somebody with cystic fibrosis. You know, you're, you're speaking about you know, that relationship in such a powerful way. What, what, right. what, what, what do you want to say to pass that on? Um, let them be, oh, man, uh, let's see, be uplifting to your children, um, for sure, don't let them feel like they can't do something just because they have CS, uh-huh. um, you know, is pushing in the right direction uh-huh. is so important, um, and, you know, exercise, to do anything like that, do yeah, be positive towards your kids 100%. And, uh, yeah. I think that's excellent advice. Now, I think, you know, we, we generally like to let, uh, to let, to allow our guests, or really, we want our guests to have the final word of, the, of, of their interviews and of the podcast. So I, I'm wondering, what advice would you give, um, in a few different ways. A, you moved all the way across the country. So I want to oh, know yeah. I want to know what that was like and what you would say to somebody with cystic fibrosis who is going to be moving across the country or who is scared of moving or who uh, may not want to move because of their CF. You know, what do you want to say to that person? Right. You know, I've, I've literally lived from Georgia to California and uh, no reason to be scared. If it's what makes you happy, you know, you kind of have to give everybody the bird <laughs> again, <laughs> and uh just do you man it's so important to um i'm like you said i'm very vocal about who i am and what i'm about uh-huh. and uh-huh. uh yeah so i'd i'd recommend sticking to your gut um that feeling of time to go and something new is very real and you need to follow it I, well i i think that's Absolutely right. I think I think to an extent that you know following your gut is uh, something that I try to do. I, I think it's also something that I think is important when you're living with something right. that is quite as severe and as serious as cystic fibrosis, right? You, right. You, you know, on the on the inside, you should know, quote unquote, what is right and what feels right for you. And I think that right. is uh, a, a critical part of not only care Absolutely. but also uh, lifestyle when you're living with a chronic illness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Chase, I just want to say thanks for joining the podcast. This has been awesome, man. Uh, I was, I was glad we were able to work Thank this out. Um, where where can people find you? Uh, man, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Chase Nichols. Chase MF Nichols. Chase, uh, Chase MF Nichols on Instagram. On Instagram. That is it, sir. All right, man. Well, Chase, thanks for joining us. Um, this has been a great podcast, and uh, I uh, look, look, forward to, look forward to seeing how you're doing, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you again so much. 
All right, a big thanks to Chase for taking the time to do the interview with us. Uh, yeah. Really, really enjoyed doing that one, and uh, you know, hearing uh, how how he both he and I kind of approach cystic fibrosis uh, in different ways, and we both have uh, you know varying degrees of success uh, in doing so. Recording. I enjoyed hearing the differences between you and him. That was really interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was definitely a, a fun interview to do, um, and and I enjoy doing the uh, the sprint interviews on the podcast. It's a nice little. Yeah. Uh, nice little tweak we have to the whole thing. We're going to get one more week of this. Uh, yes. Next week, you're going to have another couple of interviews. Uh, so make sure you stick with us. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, make sure you uh, rate, review, and subscribe. We want five stars um, on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Spotify yes. and SoundCloud and GunnerAsizen.com. Uh, and then our Instagram, of course, is at breathe underscore in underscore pod. That yeah. is our email address too, breathe underscore in underscore pod at assiasin.org. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm Gunnar Assiasin. That's Tiffany Rich, the Salty Sisters. And yeah. we will see everyone next week. Bye.